it's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Ahrens. All the things they say should matter, corrupted by the senseless chatter. Hello everyone and welcome to Get Mental. Thanks for tuning in on this fine Saturday morning. This is your host, Cecile Ahrens, therapist and owner of Transcend Therapy. We are located in San Diego and we provide individual, couples, and family counseling. For those of you who are new to the program, this show is about all things mental health. We will try to destigmatize and deconstruct experiences and events related to our mental and emotional well-being. The next hour will be dedicated to learning about healthy boundaries. So some of you may have heard this terminology before, but I think a lot of you guys probably have absolutely no idea about what I'm talking about. Don't worry, it's very common. I'm actually still astounded um, every time somebody comes into my office and we start talking about boundaries, how, how uh, foreign this concept is to a lot of people. So stay tuned because I think everyone can benefit from learning more about this concept. I would like to begin this conversation by sharing with you one of my favorite quotes first. And here it goes. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And that is from Eleanor Roosevelt. So I want you to digest that for a second, because this whole idea of having healthy boundaries is going to come back to this point from time to time throughout the show. So let's first think of boundaries as your physical, emotional, and mental limits. It's a place where you draw the line between yourself and another, or between yourself and a situation. We all have our limits as human beings. Some of us know what they are, and some of us don't. Some of us don't even um, know that we can have limits, don't want to acknowledge our own boundaries, or realize that you can function in this way in the world where you can have what we call healthy boundaries. So healthy boundaries are necessary for your mental health and well-being. You can't be everything to everyone, and you can't be everyone to everything. It's necessary. Even children at a very young age show you what their boundaries are. I have a five-year-old at home who tells me all the time what his boundaries are, whether I like it or not. It's necessary to have them, and I would argue it's um, uh, a critical part of our survival. Even animals have boundaries. So it might, think to, it might help to think about boundaries from a physical sense first, like, say, a barrier between one building and another or a fence between your house and your neighbor's house. And now try to relate that same concept to your personal life, spe- 
Specifically, think about your body, your thoughts, and your emotions. When someone is standing too close to you, well, it probably feels uncomfortable, right? If someone's yelling at you or tells you you don't have a right to think or believe what you do, you'll probably feel violated and offended in some way. They have crossed the line, so to speak. That's your boundary. An extreme yet unfortunately very common boundary violation is sexual assault or unwanted touch. This is a major um, boundary violation, like I said, and as a society, we have agreed that this is totally unacceptable and we've even criminalized it, as we should. So this is an obvious and clear example of a boundary violation. Boundary gets, uh, boundaries get tricky, though, when it comes to the subtle, not-so-obvious violations in the emotional spheres of our lives. For example, a stay-at-home mom may have a hard time asking their partner for help because they think that since their husband is the breadwinner, that he shouldn't have to do any chores. And somehow, this person adopted a belief about what it means to be a, a stay-at-home mom and what it means to be a breadwinner. So somehow she uh, figured out or thought that being a stay-at-home mom means she has to do all the chores and that she can't ask for help. Another example is someone might have a hard time saying no to a friend or family member, say, for example, who wants to borrow money from you, except this person may have a pattern of not paying you back. Or maybe your child has a mental health or chemical dependency problem and you have a hard time not helping them or trying to rescue them, but this is like the, you know, 48th time you've had to bail them out, and inside you feel overwhelmed, stressed out, angry, and you resent your child. So let's go back to the quote I read earlier. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And if I may add... No one can make you believe a certain way about yourself or make you do things without your consent. Okay, so there are other options. This is essentially why healthy boundaries are crucial. It protects us from things we don't want to do, and it protects us from untrue and limiting beliefs we might have about ourselves or about another person or about a situation. There are so many ways, overt and covert ways, that these boundary challenges can manifest. What I have found is that the closer the relationship is to the person you're having issues with, the more challenging it can be to negotiate your needs and your boundaries. And I think that's because the relationship matters more. There's more risk involved. And that person may not appreciate your newfound you know, emotional intelligence. The closer the person is to you, the blurrier the lines can seem to feel. So if you can relate to what I'm saying and you've had a hard time saying no and drawing the line, it might be helpful to talk to a professional therapist. We can help you flush things out, determine what and where your boundaries are, and help you with concrete ways to communicate your needs lovingly and respectfully. So if you think we might, we might be a good fit and you're in San Diego, call us at 619 823 1382 again 619-823-1382 or you can email us at transcendtherapy at gmail.com
transcendtherapy at gmail.com. Okay, so healthy boundaries, having a solid sense of where you end and where you begin. You have to know your limits. One of the best advice on boundaries that I received, believe it or not, was from my OBGYN. So a little self-disclosure here. My husband and I were conflicted about having another child for various reasons, in large part due to some um, real medical concerns that uh, we were really worried about. So I was sharing this with my doctor, and, you know, just nonchalantly, he said, you got to know your limits. And in that moment, I immediately got clear. I knew that having another child was definitely 100% going beyond my limits. And so did my husband. So that clarity lifted the stress that we felt from the social pressure to have more than one child. And you know what? Just to go off on a little tangent here, you get questioned a lot when you decide to only have one child. It's very interesting. Knowing our limits, though, meant that we can make that choice from a place of peace and clarity. And that sense of clarity and peace is priceless. There's no more internal conflict. There's no more need to justify it to other people or our family members or our church or explain why we did what we did. All of that falls away because you got clear about why you made that choice. So saying yes to something means saying no to something else. Be careful what you say yes to. And in the same token, be careful what you say no to. So do this. Do a quick inventory of your life. Take a look at, say, um, the last 30 days. Take a look at what you've said yes to and what you've said no to. Okay? Or maybe think about the past three months six months, or maybe, you know, when you have more time, think about the past year. What have you been saying yes to, and what have you been saying no to? That should give you a good indication of where your boundaries are currently at. And if you think you could use some improvement, well, you are definitely not the only one. Millions of people, if I may say, probably billions, struggle with this. Why? Well, the answer is both simple and complicated. What I've found is that it has a lot to do with the messages we received and internalized or downloaded, as I sometimes tell my clients, starting from early childhood, right? Think about it. Messages from our family, maybe our faith or church, if you have one, our teachers, our educational system, movies or shows we used to watch during our developing years, and just the broader society as a whole. There's so many things for us to kind of sort through growing up and maturing. Messages about what it means to be kind and what it means to be quote-unquote good, right? We've all had those messages. Our race or culture also plays a role in shaping our boundaries. Often our culture tells us in overt and covert ways what is okay and what isn't okay, what we should accept and what we shouldn't accept. So the thing is, until you become more conscious and self-aware, you won't really know that there are other ways of being and relating and moving in this world 
there are other healthier ways to navigate your relationships, personal and professional. The process of figuring out your personal boundaries can be a complex one. It can be stressful because in essence, you are figuring out your identity, who you are, and negotiating that, negotiating this thing we call self with our family, our friends, our coworkers, other human beings, that can be, you know, that can be challenging. That's a huge and bold undertaking, especially if you might be going against your family's beliefs or traditions, for example. But through many years of helping people with this work, I can tell you that it's possible and that there is a gentle, manageable way to start to negotiate your needs with the people in your life. It doesn't always have a happy ending, to be honest with you, but that's very rare in my experience, and things can get a little messy, but I find that most families and relationships survive it, and I believe the work you put into this is going to be worth it in the end, because what you're really doing is coming into your own personhood, and if you can do that for yourself, then you can do it for others meaning you can also honor their own being when you honor yourself. You can still respect them despite the differences that you may have. FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Jay Sekulow sees a pattern to Islamic terrorism. Christians are routinely the target of Islamic extremists, and it's not uncommon for these attacks to take place at places of worship during major Christian religious holidays. Jay Sekulow Live, afternoons at 5 on The Answer San Diego. You could send the child in your life to a public school, but why? When you could send them to one of San Diego's finest private schools for half the normal price with the Answer San Diego half-off tuition program. That's the 2019 and 2020 school year for half price. Log on to TheAnswerSanDiego.com or tap the Answer San Diego app for a complete list of participating schools. Then call 844-800-5757 now to enroll your child. When you call, you can put the entire half-price tuition on your credit card. It's that easy, but these outstanding tuitions are going fast. So call today, 844-800-5757. 844-800-5757. Explore your options with schools like City Tree Christian, South Bay Christian Academy, St. Peter the Apostle Catholic School, and Calvary Christian Academy. Visit TheAnswerSanDiego.com or call 844-800-5757 before these tuitions are gone. That's 844-800-5757 or TheAnswerSanDiego.com. FM 96.1 All right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. So I know there may be a lot to digest, you know, um, as far as what I'm talking about here. So I'm going to make this concept a little more concrete, okay? Your boundaries are essentially a reflection of your personal values. Think about it that way. When you're living a life that doesn't reflect your values or who you are, your mental health can and will suffer tremendously. Anxiety, depression are very common um, when you're not being true to yourself and not honoring your boundaries. You tend to not go for what you want. Uh, You tend to be plagued with insecurities and self-doubt. 
Another thing that can happen is it can be disastrous um, for your relationship. It's a bad setup because you won't get your needs met if A, you don't know what they are, and B, you don't know how to ask. So you might have a really tough time, you know, getting your needs met. And that's going to be a, a problem in any relationship, especially like a, a romantic or a, a marriage uh, with your spouse. So you also might have a really um, hard time doing things for other people without feeling resentful or burnt out. Because if you're saying yes to things you'd rather not be doing and you're taking on more, so it's a bad setup for relationships because when you don't ask for what you need, then your needs are never going to be met right? Your need for love, affection, time, um, or just little things like chores or, or help around the house. So if, if you don't know how to ask and you don't know that you can, then that's going to negatively impact your relationship. You might also have a really tough time meeting your loved one's needs and wants without feeling resentful or burnt out. Because if you're saying yes to things you'd rather not be doing, and taking on more than you can handle, as a result, you could start to feel really powerless, stuck, and angry. And it can be a vicious cycle. Of course, there's times in our lives where we want to and should show up for people and compromise and make sacrifices. That's not what I'm talking about here. What we're talking about here is an enduring pattern of devaluing yourself and your needs, frequently feeling like a victim of circumstance, as if you have no agency or a way to affect your situation, which all of this combined is not good for your mental health. Okay? It's very disempowering. And it's simply not true anyway that life is just happening to you. So when you start to exercise healthy boundaries, you just end up feeling better about yourself and the world. You have more confidence. You feel more empowered to take risks. You get better at taking responsibility for your life and choices. You get better at respecting other people's values, beliefs, because you now recognize that they are also just living out their own personal beliefs, that you have choice, that they have choice as well, that you can choose the who, what, when, where, and how of your life. And even if the options you, you have may not be ideal, you can own the choices you're making because you're taking full responsibility, right? There's a clarity and calm, like I said before, that comes with having healthy boundaries, even when the outcome may not be what you want or had hoped for. This gets tricky, though, in the political realm, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. It is necessary for our healthy functioning, okay? I think I've made that point enough. <laughs> So having boundaries means fighting for and standing up for the things you believe in. Our very democracy, if you really think about it, is founded in these concepts, in these freedoms. Isn't that fascinating? Like our forefathers were way ahead of their time. I'm sure they weren't thinking about, you know, our mental health and our uh, psychological well-being when they wrote that. 
So a little disclaimer here, though. Healthy boundaries does not mean you fight for your beliefs while disrespecting the other person or for talking about politics, the other party, especially if we don't agree with them. It does not give us a license to assert ourselves while damaging or hurting others. I know this is probably going to be controversial, what I'm saying, but just bear with me here, okay? Like in our world, in the mental health field, they are not what we would call healthy boundaries, okay? So unfortunately, if you turn on the news at any given moment these days, you'll see all sorts of boundary violations exemplified on this large stage. How we talk about each other, how the news media talks about each other, how the Democrats talk about the president and the Republican Party, how the president talks about the Democrats, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these, um, these uh, occurrences are examples of boundary violations committed on a grand scale. And I'm not placing the finger on, on any one person or party because we all are guilty of doing this, okay? I just wanted to use this example to make the point of how the mental health of people in power can impact and influence our own mental health. This stuff can desensitize us, and these behaviors can become normalized. So part of having healthy boundaries is knowing where you end and where you begin, like I said. So you can make a choice once you recognize what's going on. Maybe the choice is to be more curious about what the other person believes and why they believe what they do and respectfully agree to disagree if needed, right? Maybe the choice is for some people who's, who are burdened by the news, and I, I, I have a lot of clients who talk about that in their sessions with me, is to watch less news or to be mindful of the type of shows you're watching or listening to on a daily basis. Because like I said before in another show, that we are not just what we eat, we are also what we watch, what we listen to, and what we think. So you can have those kinds of boundaries to protect your energy, to protect your mental health. Let's answer a couple of questions that we received via email, okay? The first question here is from Lee in downtown San Diego. Her question is, how do you say no to your boss when they are asking too much from you? For instance, contacting you outside of work hours and calling you on the weekends. Thank you for the question, Lee. And, uh, you know, just a disclaimer for everyone here. The answers and guidance I provide on the show in no way constitutes or is a substitute for therapy, okay? Just want to make that clear. So, Lee, first of all, have you tried talking to your boss about this? Does he or she know it's an issue? And if you haven't, I would suggest you start there. If you were in session with me, I would want to know um, a little bit more, okay? Like what your specific role is at your job, what the job uh, description entails, are the expectations appropriate, how much of you being available is really outside of what you signed up for and how much of it is um, expected, how much of what your boss is doing is a reflection of the company's inefficiencies or maybe the culture, or is this just your boss's personality? 
right? Is this a pattern or is this situational? I would want to know all of that just to give me a bit more context. So some of the solutions I can think of is, like I said, talk to your boss first, set a time to meet with them, let them know how the situation is impacting you, that it's becoming overwhelming, stressful, maybe how it's affecting your uh, mental health, if it is, your loved ones, how you care about the job, how you want to be available and supportive, but that realistically you are not going to be able to be available every time he calls you or needs you, especially if it's after hours. So have that conversation and then gently set your boundaries by letting your boss know what you can do and what you can't do, okay? Um, collaborate on finding solutions together. Have some curiosity about why he's doing that. You know, maybe you guys can think of solutions together like building systems in place to address urgent or emergent needs that come up after hours. Maybe you guys can have a rotating on-call staff, right? Or a decision-making process that helps people assess the level of urgency of a situation. Just because it's urgent to your boss does not mean it's actually urgent. Maybe that's what's happening. Try to be helpful. You know, the classic talk about a problem but offer solutions. That always is uh, is helpful. Um, ask about compensation. If you're not a salaried employee, maybe that will uh, be a little reality check for your boss. However, um, should your boss continue to, be, to behave in such a way, then you might want to talk to his boss, like follow your chain of command, or HR, okay? Um, if nothing changes, your boss may be in violation of not only your boundaries, but of labor laws that are designed to protect you. So I just want to make this point, by the way, that laws are created to protect us, to protect our rights when they're violated, right? That's really cool because in a way, they're protecting our boundaries when we can't. That's really awesome. I just thought of that. Um, so setting boundaries is not always easy. If I haven't made that clear, let me make it clear now. Especially if you're setting limits with people whom you rely upon for things like your livelihood, you know, love, clothing, <laughs> safety, acceptance, belonging. So it's hard work, but it, it's worth it. And you need it. Otherwise, if you don't speak up, your boss is A, not going to know there's a problem, and B, not going to be able to meet your needs. So there are solutions to this if you're willing to have these uncomfortable conversations. And if the company has the organizational will to address these issues. Okay? But... In the end, if your boss and the company doesn't do anything about it, then that's a point of reflection for you. I'm not saying quit or walk away. I'm just saying reevaluate, okay? How your boss and company respond to you is information for you because you're in a relationship with your employer. I heard somewhere once that how you function at work is how you function in life. Right? How you function at work is how you function in life. I think there's some validity to that. That if we accept boundary violations in one area of our life, such as work, but not in your personal life, that's not going to cut it. 
you'd be walking around still feeling not good about yourself because one big area of your life is not going the way you'd like it to go. You know, if you're saying yes to it at work and no to it at home, you're still going to be in conflict. But in my experience, a lot of times when these things are happening in one sphere of, of one's life, it's also happening in other spheres of, of, of their life. Okay. But basically talk to your boss, you know, collaborate on finding solutions, say ouch, say no. Um, you not talking about it is basically you consenting to what's happening. So I hope that this was helpful, Lee, and best of luck to you in trying to navigate this, this uh, situation. And um, if you still feel stuck and really challenged by this, you can call your EAP if you have one of those. That's an employee assistance program. It's an employer paid benefit where you could see a therapist confidentially and at no cost to you to help you with that or call a therapist in your area. And um, like I said, if you think we might be a good fit, you can call us, Transcend Therapy, 619-823-1382. answer the andrea k show not a huge fan of subsidies if you can't really make your business work on your own without coming to me and every other taxpayer to help pay for it i'm not really sure you should be in business the andrea k show weeknights at six on the answer san diego you could send the child in your life to a public school but why when you could send them to one of San Diego's finest private schools for half the normal price with the Answer San Diego half-off tuition program. That's the 2019 and 2020 school year for half price. Log on to TheAnswerSanDiego.com or tap the Answer San Diego app for a complete list of participating schools. Then call 844-800-5757 now to enroll your child. When you call, you can put the entire half-price tuition on your credit card. It's that easy, but these outstanding tuitions are going fast. So call today, 844 844- 844-800-5757. 844-800-5757. Explore your options with schools like Trinity Christian, Victory Christian, Coastal Christian Academy, and Valley Christian Academy. Visit TheAnswerSanDiego.com or call 844-800-5757 before these tuitions are gone. That's 844-800-5757 or TheAnswerSanDiego.com. FM 96.1 AM 1170. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Get Mental. This is Cecile Ahrens, owner of Transcend Therapy in San Diego. We provide individual, couples, and family counseling. Visit us on the web at transcendtherapyca.com for more information. So what we're talking about here uh, this morning is... um, healthy boundaries, what what they are, why you should strive or work towards them, and um, how to navigate uh, certain situations. We're answering questions right now, and so there's another one here from Rodney in Mission Hills. Here is Rodney's question. The news has definitely been weighing me down. I find myself becoming irritable, angry, and pessimistic about people and our country, especially the ones 
who don't share my beliefs. My partner has noticed these mood changes in me too. What can I do to help myself? Wow. Well, that's a loaded question. There's a lot of stuff going on there. But you're not the only one, okay? I want to tell you that first and foremost. I think millions of Americans share some of your thoughts and emotions. I think we're all, you know, impacted by uh, what's happening and the way that it's happening. The news can definitely be heavy and depressing, especially with current political, um, with the current political climate, right? Things uh, seem to have just intensified. So what I do, I'm going to answer your question, but I just want to share with you what I do. Um, part of how I set boundaries with myself is to limit my exposure to those things. I'm the kind of person who wants to stay informed, keep my finger on the pulse, watch current affairs, but when I start to feel upset and it's really starting to get me down or too worked up, right, um, I just pause. I take a break. When I start creating narratives that I don't really know to be 100% true, then for me, that's my cue. That's when I know I need to take a break, pause, change the channel, um, and sometimes, you know, talk about it with uh, whoever I'm watching it with. So especially with the line of work that I do, therapists really need to protect their energy so we can stay present and objective as best as we can. So that's what works for me. What can you do to help yourself? Well, similarly, you can be mindful of how much news you're watching. Maybe you need to cut down on the exposure. Maybe uh, balance what you're watching with content or shows that um, make you feel good, that uplift you and give you hope. You know, things that make you laugh. Things that make you remember the goodness in people and the beauty of the world because that also is happening and that also is true, but it's just uh, unfortunately doesn't really make, you know, make it to uh, the news. Very little of that um, comes through. So you have to seek out those stories and those experiences. Okay, we all have to be intentional in some way, shape, or form in cultivating a healthy state of mind, if you want, if you want to have that. <laughs> and like I often say, right, we have choice. Once we're more aware about what's going on, you can make a choice. And so taking care of yourself and uh, honoring kind of what's happening to you inside when you're watching these things, that, that can be your cue, okay? Um, Maybe uh, just reflect on what you've been watching, listening to today or this past week, and that should give you a good indication of how much of this you really you're exposing yourself to. Ask your partner for some feedback. Maybe he can be your accountability buddy, you know, a resource to keep you in check and tell you like, okay, time to take a break, or okay, you seem really depressed after watching this thing. Maybe we need to go for a walk or whatever. So the other thing, and actually very equally important, is to reflect on your beliefs after watching a particular show or listening to some, something, right? What are you believing in that moment? Are you creating narratives about a person or a situation? Are you assuming? What's the story that's keeping you sad, heavy, or depressed? Okay? Because a lot of times it has a lot to do with that. 
Sometimes the reactions you're having may be normal and understandable, but sometimes they may be what we call distorted. If this issue persists and is creating problems for you and your relationship, then that's the time that you might want to consider talking to a therapist. I swear, when uh, President Trump was reelected for about a good three weeks, almost every person in my office had had been impacted by it. I mean, it was what we were processing in session, you know. And I, I actually coined a term. Uh, I think I called it post-traumatic Trump disorder <laughs> because it really was like for a good two, three weeks. That's what I was helping people with um, to process. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, it, it went beyond just political uh, beliefs and, and differences in political beliefs. There were a lot of narratives that were happening. And some of them, you know, like I said, were understandable, and some of them were um, a little distorted, if not a lot sometimes. So um, if, if the issue persists, consider talking to a therapist, okay? Because a therapist can help you identify what we call your triggers to these unpleasant emotions. You know why? Our feelings are usually a result of our beliefs, okay? There's a, there's a, a whole body of, um, a whole approach centered around this, okay? It's called cognitive behavioral therapy. That for us to have an emotion, we have had to have a belief. Sometimes that belief is conscious. We know we're having the belief. And sometimes, actually, oftentimes, it's not conscious, so that's what a therapist can help you do is uncover what those unconscious beliefs are that are contributing to you feeling a certain way. Um, so take a step back, reflect on what you're believing, and that can help you become more aware about what's happening to you. So just because you think it doesn't mean it's true, right? Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. Um, and oftentimes without investigation, we can start to believe that what we're thinking and feeling is true, okay? We can start to feed our own false, unexamined narratives. So Rodney, set those limits, watch less depressing content, fill your cup in other ways, nurture other parts of yourself, and, you know, seek support from your partner. And if all else, all else fails, call a therapist, okay? Another way to think about boundaries is by breaking down different aspects of your life. So think about um, your physical boundaries, which also include your sexual boundaries, emotional boundaries, mental boundaries, your financial boundaries, for some people, political boundaries. Um, I have a client, I had a client who, uh, you know, broke up with somebody because they didn't have the same political beliefs. This happens all the time, and that's okay. They can set that boundary. Spiritual uh, boundaries is also another way to think about it. So um, it might help you get clear about what your boundaries are when you think about them in those ways and you break them down in those um, concrete areas, okay? So now I'd like to talk about different types of boundaries, okay? This is my own theory based on my own experiences with clients. Nothing fancy, just my own, no-nonsense, get-to-the-heart-of-the-matter kind of style. 
So the first one is what I call rigid, inflexible boundaries. I find that people who suffer from anxiety tend to have this type of boundary more often. Okay. Um, this is, uh, this is where, you know, people just are very black and white about their thoughts and their, their, uh, expectations of others. So for example, when it comes to, um, simple everyday decisions, like, you know, where you should go to dinner or how certain things should get done at your house, where to go on vacation. If you always have to get your way, right, with your partner, then in a way you're being rigid, you're being inflexible. And ultimately what that does is it doesn't honor or respect your loved one's boundaries, who they are, right? You'll end up inadvertently diminishing their spirit, their personhood, when you're not willing to compromise. Because, you know, relationships require a certain level of compromise and acceptance. So this type of boundary can be disastrous for relationships, okay? So if that's happening to you, um, you may want to think about getting some support for that. There's usually reasons why you're doing that. And a lot of times um, it's a coping skill, it's a survival skill. So um, we can help you unpack all of that. The next type that I see is what I call loose or uncertain boundaries. And I usually observe this with clients who tend to be on the depressed side, uh, clients who have maybe passive personalities, sometimes self-esteem issues. And this is when people are ambivalent about setting boundaries, okay? They're not really sure how they feel about the situation. Um, they feel bad about saying something. They don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Um, kind of that quality to it. So it's helpful to talk it through with someone you trust if you're in one of those pickles. Um, hopefully someone who has healthy boundaries as well or good judgment. Okay, but what we want is what I call firm and clear boundaries, but flexible when needed. Okay, this is usually what I try to help my clients get to with their agreement, of course, if this is part of their uh, therapy goal. This is when you are clear enough about your big ticket items, your, your non-negotiables. But at the same time, you can also flex yourself when it seems appropriate. I'll give you a real-life example from one of my um, current clients, whom, of course, shall remain anonymous. So she has been dating this man for a few months now. And he disclosed to her earlier in their relationship that he is a recovering alcoholic. And he was, you know, going to... AA and therapy, individual therapy. Unfortunately, he relapsed. And she thought at the time that she was very clear, you know, that she would walk away if he relapsed. So, except this man has never been in an inpatient rehab facility before. And he asked her to give him one more chance, you know, and that he was willing to... Uh, go to a higher level of care to try to really address his uh, situation. So because of this, 
she decided to what I call flex and give this person another chance because he is trying other forms of treatment. And I also think because she needed more information, right, before she could really get clear and make a firm decision on it. She was conflicted because other than the substance abuse, he was a pretty decent guy. There were so many needs that were getting met in this relationship and so many good parts. So she was really conflicted about that, you know, not because she wasn't uh, trusting her own judgment, not because she, kn- she thought she couldn't walk away from this person if he relapsed again, but she was more conflicted because she was worried about what people were going to think about her and what her family was going to say and the judgments that she was going to have to face. So she was in conflict with all of that, but inside she was clear. Her wise mind, what we call her core self, was clear that she just needed to give this person another chance. It's almost like she needed that reassurance and um, before she could just walk away, you know? And if it got better, great. And if it didn't, then um, she knew that she had the agency to make that choice. So, you know, of course we talked about how the probability of him relapsing is there, educated her on addictions and the recovery process, right? So she can make a more informed decision about it. But this was her boundary. It was firm, clear, but she flexed because she wanted to give him an opportunity. You know, she felt like that's what she needed to do. And so that is a great example of what I'm talking about, right? Self-determination. I fully support self-determination, the freedom to choose what's right for you, the freedom to choose what's right for you. But my caveat to that is as long as critical thought has been applied. And in this situation, she certainly did. And I have no reason to doubt her. I know her long enough to know that she has good judgment. So... That's, um, that's that. So we have one more question here, and this one is from Sandra in Barrio Logan. Okay, so her question is, how do you say no and be okay with the reaction that you get? Thanks for the question, Sandra. So here I'm assuming you're talking about not getting a favorable response. So part of setting boundaries is learning to tolerate the discomfort of displeasing others. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Part of setting boundaries is learning to tolerate the discomfort of displeasing others. Of course it's hard and it can be scary, especially when you're new to this whole thing. But what you have to realize is that you're not doing it to hurt their feelings. That is not the intention, right? You're doing it to honor yourself. And sometimes that means you're going to disappoint another. But just because you're causing disappointment doesn't mean you're doing something wrong, right? That's the conflict that most people find themselves into is if I'm hurting this person, I must be doing something wrong. No, it doesn't mean that. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person either. Just because you're causing pain doesn't mean you're doing something wrong or that you're a bad person. Those are what we call distortions. 
So um, that's why it's so hard to set boundaries because it can be so conflicting. Okay? The healthiest decisions can cause pain in others, right? Sometimes the hardest and best and healthiest decisions can cause pain in others if you and that person don't have the same consciousness, okay? So, you know, an example of this is, um, say, have you ever been broken up with a person who broke your heart and you swear it was 100% their fault, <laughs> but once you've had some healing behind you and you start to get some clarity, you realize that the relationship wasn't going to work out in the first place, right? Because there were a lot of unhealthy dynamics. And when you're strong enough to look at your own part, you realize your own contributions to the demise of the relationship. Um, so the narrative can change, right? From he or she is bad for hurting me to maybe something like we were both in dysfunctional places and the, the odds were very low that that relationship was going to survive. So this person breaking up with you, although cre created incredible pain in you, does not necessarily mean he was a bad person. He was just, you know, setting a boundary, setting a limit. That was the line for that person. So, you know, you woke up, so to speak, and got clear on what really happened. Um, so that's all I want to say about that. So again, Sandra, tolerating the discomfort of displeasing others is the takeaway. And remind yourself of your intention for drawing the line, for saying no. And hopefully when you do that, that um, will be clarifying and calming to you. Watch yourself talk, okay? When you start going down the rabbit hole of shaming and blaming yourself, remind yourself of the whys and catch the, the all or nothing thinking. And if this continues to be a challenge, then call a therapist. And like I've said before, if you think we might be a good fit, we would be happy to help you. 619-823-1382 is our phone number. Or email us at transcendtherapy at gmail.com. Okay? Um, sometimes saying no is the best answer. So I would like to end our show, and this will be a tradition, with a positive story. This is about a female client of mine who came to me for support a few months ago. And the initial uh, reason she came was for job stress. Okay? It turns out the real problem was her tendency to caretake and people please. That's why she was so stressed out at work. <laughs> she was everything to everyone. She said yes. And she worked more than she should. She took work home. She worked on weekends. It totally um, neglected her relationship, and her partner started to have some problems with it. And he was having a healthy response. He helped, actually, he encouraged her to uh, talk to a therapist. So um, after some unpacking and, you know, trauma work, because a lot of the things she was doing was really learned behaviors that were linked to earlier childhood experiences, where she was pretty much like a caretaker, emotional caretaker to her parents. Um, we worked on some of her beliefs and some of her coping skills, and we were finally able to address the boundary issues 
that were present at work and in many other areas of her life, okay? Because in, in her case, she had the, the loose, uncertain boundaries that I talked about earlier on. So fast forward to today, she's a totally different person. She took the steps to set meetings with people at work. She negotiated her needs. Now she only works part-time. She doesn't um, do a whole lot of working from home, only when it's really critical, right? She talked to them about her availability. She also negotiated her needs and desires with her family members, even her um, significant other. And all of this has only enhanced her relationships. Her work didn't fire her. They love her. They value her. And so they wanted to do whatever it took to keep her. But if you don't say, ouch, right, and if you don't say, this isn't working for me, people can't help you. People can't be part of the solution. So um, now she has her sights on bigger dreams. And now she's attending to other parts of her life that she neglected. This is the power of having healthy boundaries, of honoring your feelings, of honoring that nagging voice that's saying, this doesn't feel right, this doesn't feel good. So much can happen, so much good can happen when you're in a healthy place. Because when you feel good, you just do good, right? And that energy benefits not only you, but everyone you're in relationship with. It's a win-win. So, What's the story that's keeping you stuck and small? That's something to ponder on. Call a therapist. Call us if you're in San Diego. You deserve it because one of the most important relationships you'll ever have is with yourself. One of the most important relationships you'll ever have is with yourself. 619-823-1382 is our phone number. Email us at transcendtherapy at gmail.com or you may also visit us at transcendtherapyca.com. And by the way, if you have any questions, send us an email. We would be more than happy to answer them on the show. And thank you for being with, here with us today at Get Mental. Until next time, this is Cecile Ahrens. Be gentle and be well. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. No, I try.